It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 450 of Locked On Raptors for, uh, what's it, Monday, January 14th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as all 32 NFL teams. If you are a fan of one of the four teams that is in the conference championships this coming weekend, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked On show for those teams. And if your team lost over the weekend, you can check out that show as well to hear all the fallout of your Eagles fan or a Colts fan or I watched no football over the weekend. I think the Cowboys lost too. If you're a fan of any one of those teams, make sure you're checking out the Lockdown Podcast for that team to get all of the reaction and, ad- and analysis and all that stuff after the division championship weekend. All right. Uh, also, make sure you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing all the Lockdown Podcasts that you like on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. It's super duper helpful for algorithms and rankings and all that good stuff. So thank you in advance for taking the small amount of time it requires to do that. All right, intro over. Let's get to this damn thing. Um, the Raptors played a very dumb game on the weekend, on, on Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry it took me all of Monday to record a podcast, and it's not coming out probably till Tuesday on your feed, but uh, this game needs to be addressed, and I figured uh, why not do it with uh, one of the people who I think puts puts a nice fine point on the Raptors' experience, maybe better than anybody else. It's Joe Wolfon from The Score. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. I don't really know what that means. No, neither do I. I was just, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm still flustered from the game, apparently. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I will do my best to do what you've just described. Uh, yeah. You, um, I don't know. You you write good stuff that sort of captures the psyche of Raptors fans, I think, pretty well. And, like, the Raptors haven't had that much to be upset about. Like, Raptors fans haven't for, like, five years. Yes, the playoffs have been a certain beast, but, like, regular season-wise... There hasn't been that much in the way of, like, strife. And I know the Raptors won on Sunday, but, my God, it took a lot of just anguish to get there. And it felt at times like it was never going to, you know, line up the Raptors' way after such a great, promising start as well. Of course, the Raptors, the game we're talking about is the 140-138 double overtime win over the Washington Wizards. If you don't know that, uh, I'm surprised you're listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to it. Uh, You might be lost, but um, I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, Joe, I guess let's just start basic, and then we'll get into the ugly, ugly nitty-gritties of this game. Um, What was your, like, biggest takeaway from this one? And I guess... We were kind of talking in the DMs a little bit, uh, and this maybe we'll just turn this into a philosophy uh, conversation. Was this game good or bad? This game was great. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, it just was. And, and I understand why it, it felt like it wasn't. And me watching it in the moment, I, I felt the same way. Like it, <clears throat> it was a Sunday afternoon game, a one o'clock start. Um, and. 
it, it just had that feel of like a lazy Sunday game. Like you're on the couch, maybe you're a little bit hungover, and the Raptors are just absolutely blowing out the Wizards. And it just felt like it was going to be a stress-free game. Um, and then all of a sudden it wasn't um, for a very long time. <laughs> and um, so the, the tenor of the game just kind of changed very quickly and unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it turned into like a total stress fest uh, for, you know, the last six minutes of the fourth quarter and then two overtime periods uh, that were quite frankly pretty ugly. But um I mean, look, uh, Kawhi was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Serge Ibaka hit, you know, one of the clutches shots that he has hit as a Raptor. Maybe the single clutches shot that he has hit as a Raptor. And it was all because and... of you, by the way. I, I, I'm giving you the credit <laughs> for that with your tweet. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, obviously a couple minutes before that, Serge had missed, like, a pretty wide-open look from three. Uh, and I, I hastily tweeted out um, that, uh, that that took Ibaka's shooting percentage from three-point range um, in the clutch in the last two seasons as a Raptor to uh, he was one of 16. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, moments later, he, he hit that three with, what, about 15 seconds left, I think, yeah. um, to put the Raptors up one, proved to be uh, the game-winning bucket after, like, a really nice shoulder fake, too. Oh, that uh, was gorgeous. That was one of the nice, uh, pretty things that happened in the overtimes. One of the yeah. only one or two things, maybe. Well, look, I mean, the, I think both teams were were pretty gassed, yeah. um, and that certainly contributed to a lot of the sloppy play in those overtimes, but I think if you just kind of take a step back, first of all, you know, Bradley Beal, who completely went off in mm-hmm. that fourth quarter, um, scored two points uh, across both overtimes. So that was a plus, and I actually think the Raptors' defense as a whole was quite good in OT. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just couldn't really get any offense going at all um and it became you know incumbent on Kawhi to sort of create every time down the floor as uh, it tends to happen with the Raptors <laughs> in these close late game situations <clears throat> so um I, I went back and rewatched just like the end of the game and it was not nearly as bad as I remembered and, and the Wizards made that comeback because they made some shots, and I mean, like <laughs> some some really like high degree of difficulty shots. But I don't think like you can say that the Raptors gave the lead away necessarily. Mm-hmm. Their offensive execution down the stretch wasn't great, but like they had a 108 offensive rating in the fourth quarter, which is totally fine, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> especially when we consider that they were just like pulling the ball out of the basket every single time. Yeah, that's and, true. And some of the shots the Wizards were hitting. I mean, like, Bradley Beal hit, like, a couple of step backs with OG Ananobi draped all over him. Mm-hmm. He hit a couple of pull-up threes in transition, like, where he just stopped on a dime. And one of them was, like, a pretty clean look, and one of them, Siakam, was basically running in lockstep with him and was right beside him to contest the shot. Otto Porter hit this three where he, like, caught the ball on the wing and was facing the wrong way. <laughs> And Kawhi was just like a couple feet away from him, and Porter just hit a turnaround three. Like they were hitting all kind of weird, random shots, uh, and I, and I don't necessarily think there was anything the Raptors could have done about it. Um, so there's that. I mean, the one thing I would say is like they they didn't do a great job in the defensive glass, which has been a recurring problem. Mm-hmm. And I was a little disappointed that like they went away from the Lowry Siakam pick and roll, which I thought had been really successful throughout the game, mm-hmm. and not something that they use a ton. Because um, I feel like 
the use the Akam usually as kind of like a release valve where it'll mm. kick it out to them. It'll get like a running head start um, for a drive or, um, you know, like he'll be sort of like controlling the possession uh, and even sometimes like running a pick and roll. But using him is that like in that Draymond Green role where he's like catching the ball in the short roll and making a play. Um, I thought they got a, a good look pretty much every time they went to that, and that just sort of evaporated down the stretch. And, and Siakam spent a lot of time parked in the corner. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, uh, you know, from like a process standpoint, there wasn't a lot that I actually saw where I was like, "Oh, this is bad." Um, I don't know. Was there anything that you saw that was like worrisome? Yeah. Um, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, like, I'm on the record of of saying pretty routinely that I would prefer like a close game to a blowout 100 times out of 100 in the regular season like it's fun it's interesting it keeps you engaged you're not just like napping through Malachi Richardson minutes at the end of the games like I so like in a vacuum this was an amazing game I think it's I think against any other opponent any other opponent I would have been totally okay with it it's just the fucking wizards bug me man and I don't know like it was just like Really, man, Otto Porter is going to do this? Like, now that John Wall, the straight jacket that he is, is no longer just, like, just constricting this team, he's going to get... And, like, Trevor Ariza, who just looks so old and kind of washed, having 23-10. and 10, and Yeah, he had a great game. Yeah, and, like, Jeff Green... I mean, had Jeff Green made that game winner at the end of regulation, I would have just, like, <laughs> given up entirely. Um, and even Bradley Beal, like, just the... Because the whole game, I'm sitting there, and I guess like a part of this is my own just like hubris, right? Where I'm just like shitting on the Wizards the entire game, and I was just never worried that it was gonna come to the point that it did. And Beal got so unearthly hot, and they what hit like 13 of their first 14 shots of the fourth quarter, or something insane like that. And like even when they were doing that, the Raptors were still up like 10. And it was like, yeah, like even when they do this, even when they hit everything, they can't get stops. So I just never thought. It was going to get to the point that it did. So it was more annoying than anything, I suppose, that it got down to, you know, very legit crunch time and into overtime and the Wizards taking the lead in the second overtime, like way deep in for the very first time in the whole game. I just, the Wizards grind my gears in a way no other team does. And they were doing their like clockwork shtick the entire game where it's like, yeah, they're going to fall down by 15 to 20 and then realize, oh, hey, we probably shouldn't do that. And then they go on an 8-0 run, get it back to within like single digits, and then give up another run because that's what the Wizards do. And all the while, they'll be flexing every time they bring it to a three-possession game. And it's just for them to complete the comeback, which I guess they've done quite a bit. And I know Beal's like leading the league and go-ahead shots or something this season, um, which is just remarkable to me because my only image of Bradley Beal is hitting a three to bring them down seven from a 10-point deficit and then going insane with the theatrics. Um, So yeah, it was more annoying than anything. And there was some stuff that the Raptors did that I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, I don't know what the deal was with the end of regulation. I guess it was just like Kawhi misjudging the clock a little bit and giving Jeff Green that opportunity to get that shot at the end. Like, that was a mismanagement of the clock that was pretty egregious. And then the play with like 6.8 left in the first overtime where they throw it back to Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. He dribbles it up like kind of lazily. He then 
uh, takes I, a screen. I actually think that was as fast as he could go. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, yeah. I think at that stage of the game, yeah. with him in sort of like the physical condition that he's cur- currently in, yeah. and probably, you know, a little bit physically compromised, at the end of a game in which, you know, he ended up playing 44 minutes, I think. Like, yeah. I don't think he could have gone any faster than he did. That's fair. And then, but like the play they get when it's a tie game, they don't need a three to win it. Um, like they get him taking a three over, I think, Thomas Bryant. And it's just like, what what is this play calling? And maybe there's just like exhaustion and attrition from the coaches as well. They're just like, we want this shit to be over too. I don't want to draw anything up that's intricate. My brain hurts too much. Maybe that happens. I don't know. We should probably study that. But I thought the play calling was pretty rough. And also... Like on that note of Lowry not being able to walk more than a you know a lazy stroll through the park, like uh, this thing about NBA coaches, it's like it's the NBA is so far ahead in so many things in terms of just like the way coaches approach you know in-game tactics and all this stuff. I don't understand why NBA coaches once over overtime happens, they just assume they can't change players on the court, and it, it takes a guy fouling out for them to make a sub. And I know like you want to have your best guys on the court or whatever, but just like. It seems insane to me, especially a game like yesterday where it goes to double overtime. Like, there could have been a... Like, I I was convinced that you put DeLon Wright in for Kyle or Norm Powell in for Danny Green or any one of these guys that's just, like, barely walking. And the Raptors probably win that pretty easily just because they have fresh legs and are running by all of the slow Wizards who have played, I mean, in, in Beal's case, 55 goddamn minutes. Like, it was just frustrating top to bottom. And I guess it was just, like, the... I guess we've seen so much in recent weeks of encouraging signs of the Raptors offense, particularly as it runs through Kawhi, kind of leaving the sort of tunnel vision Kawhi used to have early in the season kind of behind and like the assists have been up and the ball movements were great. And like in that very game, in the first and third quarters when the starters were on the court, you could argue those were two of the best the, the teams looked all season long in terms of its offense and its flow with Kawhi playing. And for that to all kind of just because of the attrition and because I don't know what it was. No one could make a shot to save their life, whether whether it was Kyle or, or Ibaka until the end of the game. Like, it just, for me, it was really frustrating and annoying to see them kind of revert back to, all right, Kawhi, go please do something because nothing else is going to work. Um, it just feels like they, they ran out of ideas. And, you know, maybe that happens in a double overtime game. Everyone gets tired, but I don't know. It was just a highly, highly annoying game, and the opponent didn't help. So, yes, in a vacuum, it was a very entertaining game. Probably the most memorable game of the season so far, uh, the, up there with the two Warriors games. Excuse me, but, like, yeah, it, it just, it was exhausting by the end. Maybe also because I had to write about it for, for HQ, maybe that bothered me too, because I was like, ah, I got, I'm going to start my recap at the start of the fourth quarter, and it all fell to shit. Um, but I don't know. It was just a... A long slog of a game that by the very end I wasn't even sure I wanted the Raptors to win it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean I still wanted them to win it, but uh, <laughs> I wanted a tie. I, like, I'm on the record that ties should be a thing. Sometimes yeah, both teams deserve to not win. <laughs> no, I actually like that's what I used to watch a, a hockey uh, in my sort of teenage years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I liked ties in hockey and was like actually pretty disappointed um when it's like they basically legislated ties out of hockey yeah it's dumb even though i don't really follow the sport anymore it's just like ties were good like both you know like th- there should be ties teams like play themselves to a draw after a certain amount of time just like end the game yeah no need you know, like there's need no need for day. kyle Lowry to play 50 minutes in a mid-january <laughs> game i'm sorry yeah it's just not <laughs> uh. i do remember thinking like at one point in the overtime it's like if, the, if you just threw norm powell out here like he 
I feel like you would recognize how slow everybody on the court is currently <laughs> moving. Like, he would just turbo boost his way past all other nine players on the floor. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to your point about, about their end-of-game offense, I, there's some merit to it. And, like, the, so that's sort of what I was saying about, you know, going away from, like, the Lowry pick-and-roll, um, which to me is just, like, almost always effective. Uh, but I also thought the Wizards like a pretty good job of taking away that pocket pass. Yeah. Um, and, and Lowry obviously wasn't having a ton of success scoring. Uh, there was one time sort of late in the game when they, they ran that and they got a switch. Uh, Lowry had Thomas Bryant switched onto him, I think. Mm-hmm. And there was like 16 seconds on the clock. And he didn't even look to attack or anything. Like didn't look to find a mismatch in the post. Just like pulled up from 28 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had a weird end of game. Because <laughs> he was like, so just, good early. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but, but one thing I'll say, and, and like to your, to your point about Kawhi and his playmaking and operating more within the flow of the offense, um, he, he made some like really good reads in this game, mm-hmm. and like some of the best that I've seen him make as a Raptor. There was one when uh, the Wizards sort of loaded up on him, uh, and Danny Green was open in the corner, and that skip pass is the one that like is always sort of there, but yeah. Kawhi either never sees it or just like doesn't trust himself to throw that pass. Mm-hmm. He made a great skip pass. Uh, he found Danny in the corner, and for, I mean, the Wizards did a good job of closing out, but he needed, like, Green needed to shoot the ball. There wasn't enough time on the clock. There was, like, two and a half seconds or something like that. He pump faked and then uh, turned into a shot clock violation, but mm-hmm. it was nice to see him make that pass. A um, couple times he got doubled and found Lowry open for three, and, and Lowry just couldn't knock him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I don't know what he finished with five assists in the game, maybe. Like, he, he, he could have yeah. easily had eight or nine. Um so his his improved playmaking has really stuck out to me the last couple of weeks. Um, and this was, I think, the best game that I've seen him play from that standpoint. Uh, early on, he made a really, really good pass to Ibaka in the corner. Um, he made a great pass to Siakam on a backdoor cut. Oh, it was so pretty. Yeah. So Those two uh, have a connection that I uh, can very much get on board with. <laughs> for sure. And I think... See, I was just an easy guy to have a connection with because he's always darting into open space. So <laughs> if you know where to look for him, like you're going to walk into you know three or four assists every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I still found a lot of positives to take away, uh, and I, you know, I'm trying not to overreact to just some extremely hot wizard shooting. Um, but yeah. like. I don't think the Raptors played poorly in this game. Let me say that. Like, no. I don't think they played poorly. I think, yeah, it was just weird at the end, and it got to the point of just frustration where I was like, yeah, right. this game's dumb. I hate it. Um, but <laughs> but like, honestly, honestly, if there was, like, one area of concern for me this game, it was Ibaka. Like, he was yeah. terrible until yeah. he made that shot. Like, he was getting abused by Thomas Bryant and, mm-hmm. and just, like, doing a terrible job on the glass. Um, like he had some nice contests at the rim, but man, like I, I would maybe worry about him getting a little bit worn down at this point. And, uh, yeah, I, I just sort of feel like JV can't get back soon enough. Um, and yeah. especially, I mean, the Raptors had a lot of offensive rebounds themselves, so it's hard to sort of pinpoint that as like the biggest issue in this game, but, um, they were getting worked on the defensive glass. So, mm-hmm. uh, it would, uh, it would be nice to get, some of that front court depth back. I am uh, very much with you there. I've kind of, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I just, it's not just that he's playing more. It's just that the minutes he's playing are inherently more difficult because 
he's not always being placed in the situation in which he's best suited to succeed, and he's forced to play against guys who are more likely to beat up on him and just kind of punk him. Whereas before Jonas went down, they were only playing in situations where they were sort of you know set up to be the better player in the matchup. So um, I think that's kind of like I'm not I'm not so sure I'm worried about Ibaka just like wearing down physically. Although that's obviously a concern considering he's missed some time with the knee stuff. But um, it's just like the 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 weaknesses that he has are being more sort of obviously brought into focus without Jonas there to kind of soak up the minutes where Ibaka would normally get killed. So. Um, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to Jonas coming back for sure. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, any other notes on this game? I guess so here's one thing that I'm kind of interested in what your take on it is. So um, early in the game, they looked so good. And it just kind of feels like this team's kind of getting on a roll despite the fourth quarter and overtimes of this game. Um, throw those out. Like It just feels like they're kind of finding themselves a little bit after that tough stretch of the schedule. They were injured a bunch. Obviously, Kyle and Kawhi playing together once again is probably the big reason for this. Even when Kyle's not shooting particularly well, he was really good early in the game. He made some uh, fantastic hustle plays and all that good stuff. Um, Like... Do you get the sense that they're like kind of gearing up for a bit of a run here, wins wise? Like I don't know, I don't want to put like a streak, you know, number on it or anything like that. But it feels like with the schedule kind of lightening up a bit. Yes, Boston's on Wednesday, but like I don't know, I- I'm feeling a bit of a run here. But do-, do you get that sense from how they're playing? Um, I don't know. It's I feel like it fluctuates so much from game to game. Yeah, like they looked awesome against the Pacers. And they looked kind of not so good against the Hawks. Um, See, I don't know if I, I agree the, with that. I think the Hawks just played a freaking amazing game from there. I think like, the Hawks played a good game, but yeah. um, I don't know. I, I thought the Raps were like okay in that game, but not good. Um, I actually didn't see the Brooklyn game, but um, by all accounts, that was just like a, don- a dominant wire to wire win. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of dominant wire to wire wins, um, actually, Boston made it close tonight in garbage time, but. Brooklyn, yeah, playing the Celtics is um, yeah, beautiful. Suddenly, not so worried about that Celtics game. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at their like the schedule they have ahead, like the I think they can probably confidently the next four. Uh, you know, assuming they come out like gangbusters against the Celtics, which I sort of expect them to with two days off. Yeah, and the Celtics being on the slide that they're on right now, like I sort of expect them to win that game and then it's um Suns, Grizzlies, Kings all at home. Mm-hmm. To me those should all be wins. Uh and then you get the Pacers on the road on the second night of a back to back. Which hasn't mattered rough... this year at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's kinda of crazy actually. Uh but um I don't know. I mean I guess they gotta pay the Piper at some point. Like what are they, seven and one on backs back to backs this year? Like yeah. something absurd like that. Um so yeah, that'll be tough, and then the Rockets on the road right after that, and then the Mavs, um, and then the Bucks back at home. So the schedule will get a little tougher after that. Um, then it's Clippers, then it's Sixers, um, 
So that's actually like f- from the 23rd of January to February 8th. That's uh, like six playoff teams basically in a row. Yeah. So they'll have a tough a tough stretch there. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I see them getting on like uh, like a major win streak just because I think they're they're gonna have a couple hiccups somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But and without I, Jonas, it makes it tough, right? Because like one bad matchup could kind of sewer them for one game, right? Right, for sure. I mean, like even that Grizzlies game, like the Grizzlies have been playing piss poor basketball, and like Marcus All has totally fallen off a cliff, but he could still totally just like eat Ibaka's lunch if mm-hmm. they're matched up for a whole game. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I think they're playing well, and it's a good sign that even when they're not, you know, playing A plus basketball, they're still finding ways to win. And I think their crunch time execution, like for all the sort of flaws we've pointed out, has actually been very solid. Yeah. And like if you if you think about where they were at at the start of the year, like they were really struggling in clutch situations, and now I think they're one of the best clutch teams in the league in terms of net rating. Um, so I think there's a lot of positives. I, I just like I don't see I don't think they're rolling right now. I don't get that feeling. Um, and I, I feel like you see it for stretches, but rarely do you see it like for whole games and and certainly not for like multiple games in a row so i'm not i'm not like so concerned about that right now i just want to keep seeing like improvements in the areas that we've been talking about like Mm -hmm. continue to see Kawhi develop as a playmaker and get comfortable within the flow of the raptors offense um and for lowry to just just find his scoring again like and i get that like maybe like he doesn't have to score yeah. There are enough other scorers on the team, and like, <clears throat> I sort of understand him not having energy to like get to the rim when he's careening around the court and like <laughs> crashing into dudes and taking charges. Like, really, he, he does everything else. Um, so it's fine if he's only getting you like 14 points a game, but there are times, you know, at the end of games when nobody else can create, and those are the situations when they need him to step up and at least be able to like knock down open threes when defenses are loading up on Kawhi. Yeah, and I think that'll come. I, I, I just I still maintain utmost confidence in Kyle Lowry to be able to do that. Like I mean if he hadn't played the way he did at the start of the year where he was hitting everything and doing all of the things we kinda wish he was doing right now, you know, maybe a little bit overpassy, but you know, not to, you know, any sort of great detriment. I, I like if we hadn't seen that already I'd be more concerned, but like we know that's within him and I, I think he was probably playing not at 100% a long time before he actually sat down, just from the way he kind of looked. And so I, I think it'll come back. And, like, I, I don't think he's been bad since he came back by any means. I think he's been totally fine. Um, just, I guess, the Wizards game is kind of amplified because, you know, he makes a couple of those shots, and we're not talking about this game being super dumb and annoying. Like we're talking about it being a regular four-quarter victory. Um, but, yeah, I think that'll come. I guess... I don't know. The, the reason I kind of feel it, it, it's not really backed up by anything sort of concrete. I just It's just kind of an inkling, and it's maybe just sort of being in tune with the Raptors for the last few years. Like, you can kind of usually tell when they're gearing up, whether it's because the schedule is about to kind of get a le- little easier, or because they have a couple games where everything kind of clicks. Like, in the early parts of that Wizards game, I just felt like no one can beat this team when they're playing like this. They... The offense was just so crisp with Kawhi being a full participant in it. And 
that for me has kind of been my biggest hangup and kind of been the reason why I've kind of been, you know, hesitant to project any sort of run coming from the Raptors until this point. But if that's going to be the case and the, and the offense is going to be capable of, of, of doing, you know, what it did in the start of this game against the Wizards, like I just, it feels like they're going to be a really hard team to beat on a random night. And maybe that's just, I don't know, maybe that's just like a dumb take. I don't know. It's just, it feels like the starters are so squared away right now and playing so well together that they're going to be able to kind of withstand anything. Even, you know, as injuries kind of float in and out with Van Vliet and Miles and all these guys, like, I don't know. I just, I just feel, I feel good about it, man. As gross as the game was, they're... They're inspiring confidence in me. By the way, to the clutch uh, note that you mentioned, uh, Josh Howe dug up the tweet, uh, dug up the stat this morning. He tweeted it out. Um, <clears throat> over the last ten games, Raps have had five instances of clutch time, winning each of those games, and an average net rating of plus twenty six point six. And Leonard's averaging four point six points a game in clutch minutes, uh, fifth in the league in that time. So, yeah, the clutch stuff. Remember last year where. They never played close games, but when they did, it was kind of iffy. I, I do wonder if there's like a value to being in close games over the course of the regular season just because you kind of hone, kind of hone that stuff, um, which they never really got the chance to do last year. And also there's value in having Kawhi Leonard on your team, for sure. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier yeah. too, but um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's like a bad thing in the long run that they've gotten some sort of hairy games where maybe they probably shouldn't have had them. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, you'd like to say that you've seen some progress there, and that's the thing where I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a good thing to get those crunch time reps in, but yeah. are they are they making progress there? Right. That's what I'm not really sure of. Like, they're, they're doing a better job of just, like, winning those crunch time minutes, but I don't know if the process has actually improved at all. And to me, it's just, like, the, the thing that always irks me is, like, they just always, for whatever reason, like, go away from the pick and roll at the end of the game, and, and I'm not... I do get why. Like, I know they want to, like, avoid being trapped. Uh, you know, they're maybe more liable to turn the ball over. Like, more bad shit can happen um, when you involve another defender in the play. But it's it's still a little bit more ISO than I would like. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's, like, the one thing I would say about that. But, like, you know, to what you were saying earlier about Lowry, uh, I mostly agree. Like, I think the good thing about him is that he just has such a high floor. Mm-hmm. And, like, the stuff that he does when he's not scoring is just always going to be there, seemingly. Um, and, you know, he's never really going to take his foot off the gas pedal, for better or worse. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I think at a certain point in time, like, they, they are going to need him to rediscover his jump shot. Like, and I, I'm more or less confident that he will. But, you know, we now have, like, a half-season sample of him shooting a little over 30% from three, which... Remains weird as hell, man. Remains super weird. It's just... So unlike him, man. Like It's it's weird to not have utmost confidence when he pulls up in, like, transition. Although he's not even doing that very much this season, which maybe... I'd be curious to see if, like, his uh, distribution of threes is different this year compared to seasons past. Like, maybe he's just taking harder ones. I have to look into that. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I think there, are, to me, there have definitely been fewer off the dribble threes. And yeah. part of that is like, he's just been like so focused anytime, uh, like he gets a high screen in getting the ball to the roll, man. He's done that super effectively. And, and like, know, to his credit, Serge Ibaka is shooting like 70% on pick and pop mid range right. twos. So, like, why wouldn't he? 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, Valanciunas has always been extremely efficient uh, when he's used as the role man. So mm. there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, I think it'll probably get to a point where teams are going to just dare him to shoot and dare him to, like, look for his own offense. Mm. Um, and I just hope that, um, that he's able to do it. Uh, and, and the last few games, he hasn't quite looked like he's able to, but he's also coming back from an injury, and we don't know entirely how healthy he is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to me, I mean, priority number one is just having him as close to 100% as possible when the playoffs start. But, um, yeah, like I say, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't have confidence in this team when I say I don't think they're going to rip off like a huge run. I think they're going to continue to play more or less at the pace that they're on now, which is a 60-win pace. So, yeah, <laughs> they'll be fine. God, you uh, just pessimist, you, Joe Wolf. <laughs> That's me uh, putting a fine point on uh, Raptors basketball. Yeah, I didn't even know what that was all about. <laughs> um all right, let's wrap this thing up with a thing that we've uh, made a semi-regular appearance on the podcast this season. Uh, the Kawhi Leonard Appreciation Minute. He might not be around all the time after this year, and uh, it probably stands to reason that it's uh, it makes sense to appreciate him while he's here for now. And hey, there was an extra 10 minutes to watch him play yesterday. That's cool. That's an extra 10 minutes of Kawhi Leonard in our lives. Can't really complain about that. Uh, Joe, based on this past week, of course he won Player of the Week. That was announced today. Uh, you kind of forget how like amazing he was in that Hawks game with 31-6-6. Six six. He had many games with many steals this, this, this week, it seemed. Um, do you uh, have a thing in particular that you appreciate about Kawhi Leonard today? Um, just how much less stressed I feel at the end of close games this season <laughs> compared to seasons past. Like, um, as I tweeted, uh, you know, at the end of that game against the Wizards after he had hit, you know, like a short pull-up jumper to give the Raptors a lead after the game had been tied, like, he's Xanax, man. Like, mm. I just, you get, in, you get yourself into these sticky-ass situations and you kind of just know in the back of your mind that he's going to make a play, you know, at one end of the floor or the other. Uh, that's going to win you the game. So um, I just, I'm grateful to him for probably, you know, saving some years <laughs> of my life uh, that have been lost in years past as a result of some more rickety Raptors teams. And um, yeah, so thankful for that. I appreciate the grimy work he put in on Serge Ibaka's three to win the game yesterday. He oh my God, got yeah. his own offensive rebound through like four dudes. And uh, made a fantastic pass out to Serge. It wasn't just Serge doing the thing with the shoulder fake. It was uh, Kawhi finding him. I, did Kawhi ISO on that? I can't remember exactly what happened um, for him to miss his shot, for him to go get his offensive rebound. But whatever it was, it was uh, a play call I would design more often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think like he drove the ball and then, like three wizards collapsed on him. I yeah. think it was maybe even Jeff Green who had the like primary contest. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm just like I'm actually watching it now. It's Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant's good, man. Like yeah, <laughs> dude, he had a great game. Um, but yeah, the other thing I will shout out is uh, his post game banter with Lowry. Yeah. And Lowry was like. <laughs> What, I don't know even even know what he said. He accused him of wearing Burberry or some shit. Something like that. <laughs> and then Kawhi called him stupid in like a really endearing way. <laughs> um, yeah, 
He's I, staying, I'm, I'm, baby. I'm greedy. I'm greedy for uh, for any sign of like Kawhi just getting along with his teammates or being remotely happy in his situation. It's kind of embarrassing, but here I am. No, man, my uh, Presbaluski uh, corkboard is full of instances in which Kawhi <laughs> has smiled, uh, looked happy, said things about being fun, or laughed. Uh, it's it's filling up by the day over here. Anytime that Serge talks yeah. about him, like I just clipped that piece from the Mannix uh, profile on Kawhi that didn't really tell us anything new. <laughs> as my from, uh, yeah, as my friend Matt Basin uh, told me the other day, like it, this situation has broken his brain to the point that anytime there's a particularly cold day in Toronto, like his first thought is, "Oh man, Kawhi's leaving." <laughs> Bless this Which, mild winter we've mostly had until this week. Yeah. It's been very good. Uh, also, the thing I appreciate about uh, Kawhi Leonard is that he's not John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another thing I was going to say about like, your Wizards hate is like, there, there's also like a bit of schadenfreude there, like mm-hmm. even watching them play well without Wall. Yeah. Like, there's something somewhat satisfying about that at the same time. Well, that's what um, I said you know, going into the game. You might have for them. Yeah, that's what I said going into the game. If the Raptors win, you get to make fun of the Wizards. If the Wizards win, you get to make fun of John Wall. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's a great situation. Otto Porter looks so happy. <laughs> He's been so much better, honestly. It's um, actually insane how much better they look without Wall. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe it's not ridiculous at all. Maybe it's totally predictable, but... Um, yeah, the, I mean, I still hate the Wizards with every fiber of my being, but, like, they're slightly more likable when Wall's out and when Austin Rivers isn't playing for them, I guess. Like, they're, they're, they're slightly... Uh, no, it's, fuck them. They still have, they have Sam Decker. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I felt dirty saying like that. I mean, I really like watching Bradley Beal play. Uh, yeah. I think he's he's just gotten so much better, and I think he's really fun to watch. Um, and I think... Porter, who had a really rough start to the season, and started to play so so much better. And um, you know, I appreciate him as a player. Like Marquise Morris is out, so Kelly Oubre is gone. Like <laughs> they're not as unlikable as they've been in the past. Yeah, like that, that is though. a bummer. Not getting to watch Delon Wright punk Kelly Oubre anymore is uh, a bit of a sad uh, development. Not my. F- I, I loved Kelly Oubre just like going. Well, listen, four man, the Suns are going to be in Toronto this week. So. That's true. That's true. But in a playoff yeah. series, Kelly Oubre going four of seventeen in a game was uh, something pretty delicious. Are the oh, Raptors well, going to play the Wizards in the first man. round, man? They're going to play them in the first round, aren't they? <laughs> they're only two and a half games behind the Hornets. Ugh. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> whatever. I'm here for it, man. Yeah, I mean they'll I mean, they'll, they'll lose to the Raptors for sure. It'll just be annoying, and uh, we'll have to hear about how the great the Wizards are every time they come back valiantly from being down 18 in the third quarter. <laughs> uh, all right, I think we've done enough uh, Wizards slagging and uh, fawning over Kawhi Leonard and his fashion um can wrap it there joe do you have anything you'd like to plug right now uh no not really at the moment um it is aussie open season um so i would just you know like to encourage everybody to watch and support tennis um and <laughs> possibly uh during the second week of the tournament i will have some tennis content to plug uh but nothing right now i mean um once i once i finish processing all my emotions about 
the impending Andy Murray retirement. I'll probably write something about that as well. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. I uh, was telling you off air before, but I, I don't watch tennis at all. I haven't for like three years, but I've read pretty much every piece you've written on the topic, which is uh, it's it's enough tennis for me. It's all I need. Why not? Why watch? That. Why why dilute myself when I can just consume the best tennis content there is? I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. Uh, I have a new Patreon episode out. It is a mailbag, and it was fun, so you can check that out. Uh, subscribe, patreon.com slash Raptors. Two bucks get you two podcasts a month. Five bucks get you four podcasts a month. All of the podcasts, plus you get to vote on the topics for upcoming podcasts as well. Uh, this week I'm going to have a podcast, I'm hoping, with uh, number one fan of all things Italian, Joseph Cacciaro. We're going to talk all about... Andrea Bargnani at some point this week. So, uh, you know, prepare to get sad. Sadder than the Wizards game certainly made me and you and everyone else. Uh, it's the, the deepest depths of despair, really, in Raptors history. I'm sure Joe Wolfon at one point has put a very fine point on the experience of Andrea Bargnani. Um, so stay tuned for that on the Patreon page as well. Uh, Tuesday, not sure what we'll do for the pod. We'll do something. Uh, look ahead to the Boston game on Wednesday or something like that. And uh, we'll have plenty of coverage two games later this week, Wednesday and Thursday, and the Saturday game too. So stay tuned. We will have you covered all week here on Lockdown Raptors, and we will talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 